this week's flagship date. So Rashi explains There's no other word in the Chumash that we can learn from the context. It's a lotion of setting aside. You have separated the from all the other kaifas and, and, and so-called gods in the world. is our God. So that's Hemarta. And Hashem has set you aside that we are his Amsagula. Then Rashi brings out another pshat to lotion of Tiferes. But so in either way, the pshat is that we have made a Kodesh Porchu Yochid Meyuchid in the world, right? That's Hashem Ha'amarta, and in fact, the Gemara in Brochus says that Hakodesh um, Porchu said to Klal Yisrael, "You made me a Chaticha Achas Ba'Olam, and I'm going to make you Chaticha Achas Ba'Olam." And just like you say Shema Yisrael, I say Mik Amchi Yisrael Goy Echad Ba'Eretz. So the Gemara darshan that on this pasuk of Hashem Ha'amarta Hashem So. The emphasis is like this, that this idea of Hashem HaMart and Hashem HaMircha is the idea of coming to recognize that this Taka only a Kodesh Borchu in the world. Right there. I'm singling out a Kodesh Borchu. That's, the Rebbeinah is the only thing. That's all that there is in the self. And so, um, in Sforim, it's brought down that this Yisoyed, that we single out a Kodesh Borchu, is the ultimate goal of all these days that on Simchas Torah we say after the race of Ladask Yashem dwelling him Einoid Novadri. That is the ultimate tachlus of Elul Rosh Hashanah and Kippur Sukkot to come to the Madrega of after the race of Ladask, and it starts with this idea of Hashem Hemarta that you have singled out a Kodesh Baruch Hashem is Yochid Meyuchid, everything is the Rabbi Mishalu. So, um, we've said this before, this is a Maisa with the Gabbai Tzdok in one of the Shtetlach in Europe, that um, he uh, was, was approached, Erev Yom Kippur, that he had to collect money for somebody. So he went around, he collected, and somebody else came, he made a second round of collection. And then he finds out that the, the, the porridge threw the innkeeper into jail, and he needs a thousand rubles. Where does ten thousand rubles? And he says, "What am I supposed to do? I go out. To, can't go around three times. It's not shy. So, but he is a yid with a heart, and so he's worried. What can I do? I can't leave this guy lounging in jail. He's a kipper. He might starve to death. So, thinking, what can he do? He can't go back around the town. So he has an idea to go to the bar, the local bar." This evening, where they're drinking, Efsher, he'll find uh, somebody with a Jewish heart. So he walks in, make a long story short, they keep it with him, what's he doing in the bar, an Arabian kipper. So one guy says, I'll tell you what, if he drinks this bottle of schnapps, the whole bottle, I'll give you a, thir- a third of the money. So he drinks it down, 
And another guy says, okay, I'll give you another third if you drink another bottle. So he drinks the second bottle. And finally, uh, the third guy says, okay, I'll give you the rest of the money. You drink this last bottle of vodka, right? So, you know, you're standing there ready. You know, he can't think straight. He's not used to drinking anything. And here he's already drank two full bottles of schnapps. He's toy chicken already. And his head is spinning. And he says, you know, I already regurgitated, but there's a year incarcerated, so how can I have hesitated? And so he pays the money, and he drinks the, drinks the schnapps. They pay him the money. He staggers to the Poritz's mansion. He pays the money, and he makes his way to Shul, plots his in front of Shul, takes shikr, and he starts singing, Atta Heresa Ladas, $50 Atta Heresa, $100 Atta Heresa. And people are coming in with the kittles that they were ready for from Kol Nidre, and he's holding by Atta Heresa. So they run to the rub. They say, what should we do? The Gabbai Stok, a halchen by Simchas Teiru. So he says, the rub says to them, listen, what he did today is Moise Nefesh to, to help him every year. Er Halcha, he's already holding by Simchas Teiru. He's already... Given up so much of himself, he's holding about after racing with that. We have a ways to go. We still have the Avoidah in Kippur, Achonifisukas, we have Sukkas, Arbuminim, Shmiya, Epsha will get after racing with that. As the site has done. So, think about it though. The site has gone that when you get down to it, and you realize that the race of the is nothing but a Kodesh Borchel. So this gets you to a new Nakuda, which is the idea of Hashkoch HaPratis. If you realize everything comes from a Kodesh Borchel, so that anything that happens in the veil, when you learn to look at the world, that is only a Boire you get to see that whatever happens is all Hashkoch HaPratis. You look at the world from the perspective of, What's Hashem doing? What does Hashem want? Why did Hashem do this? Whatever happens, that was the Ratzim HaDavid. You learn to live your life with that perspective. And so um, that's the way Gedoidim used to live. Gemara brings down a Misa that the Rapop fell down, fell down a flight of stairs or something like that. And so he made a Din Becheshbin. He said, you know, I could have been killed. It would have been like Skila. What did I do that I deserved Skila? And he sat and made a cheshbon anefesh. What happened? Well, somebody said, did you ever ignore an oni that came to you? And he said, oh, now I know why I felt, right? Because if you ignore an oni, it, it made a whole crush. It's like, I'm going to So he understood and he did shoot. That was the way they lived. And so to look at everything in life, that it's a gather of hashkoch And And with that, there's a maridika marsha. He brings down from the Sefer Ikrim to explain the Gemara, the Gemara in the Sechta Saita. He talks about also this week's Parsha. He says in this week's Parsha, in the beginning, that you're going to cross the uh, Yardin and you're going to come to Eretz Yisrael, and so you're going to build a Mizbeach in the Yardin, and then it says you're going to go right there into Eretz Yisrael and get to Har Grisim and Har Abel. And you're going to build a Mizbeach on Har Abel. And so they built the Mizbeach on Har Abel. And then, after they built the Mizbeach on Har Abel, they're going to take it apart and bring it to Gilgal. And so, the Gemara in Masech the Saita says the following. There were three Avonim, three Binyonim. 
Echad shaykem Moshe ba'arvus be'eretz Moshev. Shenem ba'eber yagim be'eretz Moshev. Hoyel Moshe da'eretz ha'teilasim. So basically, it was a mispeyach that he built and he wrote the Torah on it. So they, they built now, the Mizbeach in Gilgal was originally built on Har Evel, and they, they wrote on it the Torah Be'er Hetev, and they took it apart and they brought it to Gilgal. So the Masha in this Gemara is Masmir, that what is the site of these three Mizbeachas? He bases on the Sefer Ikrim. The Sefer Ikrim says there are three Ikrei, uh, Ikrei, the site is a cloud in this row. The first Ikrei, he says, is that there's a Rabbi Nishalayim, and the Vaishan takes care of the world. That's the idea of Hashbach Pratis at Kodesh Barchu is Hoya Hoya Vaya, right? Animana Munishalayma, right? Then everything comes from Akodesh Barchu. Then there's Tayyar Minashamayim. Vaishan gave us the Tayyar. And then there's Kharva Oynish. This Kharva. So he says each Mizbeach represents one of those Nakubis. It says the Mizbeach that Moshe built is the Mizbeach of Torah and Hashemayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was the the Kabbal HaTorah, the Nisim HaTorah. The Mizbeach and the Yardin represented that Kodesh Baruch was the Kol Yochel. We split the Yardin. That shows that Kodesh Baruch was the is the Koyach. And the Mizbeach they built on Har Evel. Har Evel was where they made the Kabbalah of of the Klolos and the Kabbalah the Mitzvahs and the Averis, the Klolos and the Brachis. And they will makabal the schar and the oinish that comes with mitzvahs, right? And the realization that fakir, if you don't keep the Torah, there's a there's a clap, and if you keep the Torah, there's a reward. That's all hashkoch right? So this answer explains it, the way that they get the stones with which they built the mizbeach on Har Abel and then on Gilgal. They took them from the Yardin. The Chazal say each one of these stones weighed forty saw. The Shailas. What do you have to schlep stones from the yard? They felt the stones in Haribo. They could have gotten stones close by. You're talking about carrying heavy stones. Right? What do they have to carry them? Terraces, hogu for the pshat. They built the Mizbeach on Haribo where they were makabal of themselves, the schar and the oinish of mitzvahs. And they built it with the stones that represented HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hashkocha over the world. That they were saying with these stones that were building the Mizbeach, with which were the Kabul, the Torah, and the Oynish, and the, 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 the Tzibuyim, and the Torah, we also understand that whatever happens, the mitzvah, that the Shadr, we get the Oynish, we get come because that Kodesh Baruch was the Kol Yachal who supervises the world. So that Mizbeach gave us that idea. And so with that, we, we, we understand that whatever happens, I do mitzvahs, I'm rewarded, I do avavis, I get punished. Whatever is my hashkoch in life is based on my kabbalah. So everything works together. And that's the way the, 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 it had to be built in salvation. And so um, there's a maisa, just to, to share, a maisa of hashkoch of protest, or in a certain sense of hashkoch of protest. But you see, how the mitzvahs tie into the Hashkocha Protes. There was a, I just recently heard this mice that there was a, uh, used to be, what today is known as Camp Bonin, used to be Camp Lavarim. 
and there used to be a camp in the Katsu called Shifte Yisroel, which was a camp run by the Wallerstein family, the Spidersha boys. Shifte Yisroel took over the campsite that was once Camp Colorina. The Greenwalds owned it. Eh? So um, he used to go recruiting to all these camps. It was very familiar. So the camp, the Oren, had, had a hockey team. And Shifte Yisroel was very good at playing hockey. I guess it was roller hockey, whatever. So Camp Miller decided the counselors were going to play a game against the Shifty Israel Council, the hockey team. They put together a hockey team of counselors. And uh, the day off, the camp had like a day off van that counselors could use. And they're going to go from the Orem to Shifty Israel. If you know the Catskill, it's a shtickle. So the Orem is in the Poconos. You got to drive through Holmesdale. And uh, with six, I think, then you cross the bridge that takes you from Pennsylvania into the Catskills. And then you drive down the Catskill. If you get to Route 17, you take Route 17 from Livingston Manor, and that's where Camp Shifter is. Okay, so. so um, Empire Chicken. What? Empire Chicken. It's a little At least it was. Okay. So, anyway, so they get into the van, and they're on the way, and they're going down this mountain road. And suddenly a truck is heading right at them. So the driver had three choices. You could drive right into the truck. You can make a left turn right off the mountain. You can right, make a right turn right into the mountain. So he made a right turn. And the van hits the mountain, flies up in the air. The door opens up. A counselor flies out. The van hits the ground, smashed to pieces. The rest of the counselors walk out, or Hashem on skate. Over the bruise. Cuts, but everyone is fine, even the driver. One counselor, Abrami, is lying there on the asphalt, unconscious. He fell out the door. So, state troopers come, they call a helicopter, the helicopter flies him to a hospital in New York. He's still unconscious. <laughs> anyway, the guy tells the story, describes how Camp Lorraine that summer was not a very, you know. Remember, when I was in Camp Monk and a kid got lost in the woods, like I was, or, you know, I was petrified. You know, thinking about this poor kid in the woods, so finally I remember so he said he was found and we, we sang Ashrena over there. It was, it was a very big relief to me. Uncle Ponim, so, so uh, this kid is in a coma, and I call him, he's unconscious. The doctors tell the parents, and we don't know what's going to be, but he doesn't wake up within a certain amount of time, it's not very good. So about 30 days go by, the kid is still sleeping. The father says, and I can't just sit here and do nothing. I got to do something about this. And he goes to Eretz Yisrael. When in order to Kaisa, I'll go to Tzaddikim. I have to do something. So he goes to Eretz Yisrael, gets out of Ben Gurion Airport, hails down the taxi, take me to the Kaisa. Goes straight to the Kaisa with his suitcase, with his uh, carry on, straight up to the Kaisa, and he just breaks into tears. He's crying hysterically. Save my son, whatever it was. You know, the year sounds watching him, and he comes over to me and says, you must have a real serious soul. Well, what's the matter? So he pours out his heart to this year. So the year says, listen, I don't know if you're into this, but there's a very big side he can make you show him. He knows about these things. He can, he can give you a block. He can help you. And he says, look, that's what I came for. What do I have to lose? He says, his, year, his name is Reb Cheshen. Go to Reb Cheshen. He knows these things. So they um, go to Repchashim. Now, Agav Urcha, I told the story in Yeshiva. So Rabbi Dudowitz told me that he remembers when he was in the mirror, 
Cheshire's children were there. They were older than him, but they were mamish from the top guys in the mirror. And he says they, they told him, I know they told him, everyone knew. When they came home, they wore their hats over their head. Because their father could read their foreheads. They didn't want to give their father a chance. Whatever they were holding by, but they didn't want their father to read the forehead. Anyway, so this guy comes in to the Cheshire, and he walks in, uh, it's like a hole-in-the-wall apartment. He, looks, he walks in the house. Yeah, there's a table, there's a mattress on the floor, there's an ice box, and he comes into the room, and the session says, sit down, I've been waiting for you. I says, you've been waiting for me, I just came. He says, yeah, I've been waiting for you. Tell me some, how's your son doing? He says, this guy's got, God, he says, or something. And so he starts telling him the whole story. So Cheshen says to him, let me ask you a question. Tell me, so where was your son sitting in the van? Because he was in the back row. He says, let me ask you, Kasha. The van flipped over, the door opened up. Who should have flown out of the door? The guy sitting next to the door. Why the guy sitting next to the door stayed inside and your son was in the back row flew out? That's a good Kasha. I didn't think of that. So he says, I'll tell you why. He says, when the van was in the air, every one of the counselors in that van was being judged in Shemaim. And everyone was judged that they were wearing tzitzis. Your son was the only one not wearing tzitzis. He flew out of the van. Now, I'll tell you that I knew you were coming. He opens up his drawer. He takes out a pair of tzitzis. He says, go back to America. Take this pair of tzitzis. Go to the hospital, tell anybody to come, and put this pill on your son, and tell him he should never take them off for the rest of his life. I assume he could take them off to take a shower, but he ain't the same. So he takes the next flight from Ben Gurion, he arrives in JFK, he calls up his wife, he calls up 20 of his friends, he says, Meet me, I'll be in the hospital in 30 minutes, meet me in Abrahi's room. Goes to the room, he gets there, the doctors are there, all his friends are there, the room is packed. Takes out the uh, pair of tzitzis from his carry-on, goes right up to Abrami, pulls the tzitzis over his head, pulls the back part, takes the top part, puts it over his head, all the tzitzis are in the right place. All of a sudden, his, girl, his wife gives a shriek. He's moving his pinky. I saw his pinky move. Doctors are that's impossible. Right? Slowly but surely, the kid starts to move. And he opens his eyes, he looks around, he says, what's going on? And uh, his father says, Abrami, promise me, you'll never take this sister's off. The kid was good to go. Got up, he was back again. So, the kid, the was saying, you didn't wear sisters. You're going to learn a lesson. You do the mitzvah, you'll be okay. And this is not flushing, but you could have some mice so you see a tremendous Ashkosa process in everything in life. But that's uh, you have to know. So you have to have Kodesh Baruch Hu is is Mashkiach over the Bria and you have to know it's it's all with an Ava for Klal Yisrael. So we have in this week's Pasha the Teichacha. And so the Teichacha sounds very cruel, very brutal, right? But you have to know even within the Teichacha it's all the, the, the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That there's a mission in Pirkei Yobis that says, "Al tistak el bakantan el b'mashi yeshbo." So 
is a word they say that what does it mean batan kan? It says in the in, in, in the Yud Gimel Midos binake lo yinake. Right? Binake lo yinake. Now in these words nake and yinake, there are two kufnuns. Right? So uh, now if you take away nake nake yinake, you're left with yud kevavke. So the mission is al kistakel bekan kan. Don't look at the kuf nun, kuf nun, inake lo yinake. El b'mashe yeshba, look at the rest, at the yudke vavke. Chaim Vital takes it a step further, and he says if you write out yud, hey, vav, hey, yud, you spell yud, vav, dalid, and hey is hey, alif, you spell it out like that, it adds up to 45. So he says the ma, the 45, she yeshba, which is the shame, yudke vavke, b'miluoi, so, but, the word is a gishmak enough without it. I'll just tackle the kankan. Don't look at the nake lo yinake, but the masha yeshboi. Look at the rabbi yishalayim. That's that's the way you have to look at things in life. And so um, there was a yid who, who, who he, he was going on his way to New York. He had to raise money for a moisid. So before he left, somebody said, "Listen, just think of this word. It says in, in the pasuk, me'is Hashem choisus if in everything in life your attitude is me'es Hashem then he miflos for you. If you come to realize that everything in life is me'es Hashem, then Hashem will respond, he miflos So he's on the plane ready to leave his phone rings. His wife, what does she want now? He just left. She calls him, the refrigerator's broken. The pyramid says it's going to cost us $1,000. Thousand shekels, whatever it was. He wasn't going to get a thousand shekels. He's on his way to America to raise money to his yeshiva, whatever it is. He says, "Listen, right? I have to believe it's all for the good." He lands in New York. He has like seven messages waiting for him. The wife calls him up and says, "I have good news. The repairman came again, and he said it's not the compressor. It's just the wire that's loose." It's not going to cost us a thousand shekels. It's going to cost us fifty shekels. So anyway, the repairman came, and he moved the refrigerator to fix the wire, and he saw there were money. There was money on the floor, coins on the floor. I bent up to pick it up, and I found my diamond ring that I've been missing for who knows how long. Right? So, you know, basically, Shem Weisuzoyis. It turns out he did lost DNA. The claim of Maisa, but I'll call upon him. He he learned his lesson very quickly. I'll call upon him. You have to understand that um, this is the way it is. The Gemara Psachim, the Gemara Psachim tells over that when Hanani Mishol Vazarian were about to be thrown into the Kivshon Aish, so they they said, we're not going to spoil, we're going to be thrown in. Uh, they didn't know there was going to be a Nase. So again, I could have told Yecheskel to tell them he's not going to save them. Then he came back to Yecheskel and he said, he, they think I'm not going to save them, I'm going to save them. And at the same time, he tells Yechazko to bring back the dead bones from the same valleys. I'll call upon him. So, Gemara Psalchim says that the Tsar of Borah said to HaKadosh let me go down and put out the fire in the Kivshon and save Hanan Mishon Hazayim. So, Gabriel came and said, no, I am the Tsar of Eish, he's the Tsar of Borah. He puts out the fire, so it's not such a big mace because water puts out fire. I'm the Tsar of Eish. So, 
I'm going to save them even though it's Aish. That's a bigger nace. Shem said, okay, you go down and do it. So what, what happens? They're walking in the middle of the fire, and the fire was so hot, Nebuchadnezzar had to heat up the oven seven times more than the fire was originally, which was pretty hot. So it was so hot that when you got close to it, you could get killed. When they, they talk about when there's fires in Texas or these gasoline fires, or you can't get close to it. You have to know how close you get. So Nebuchadnezzar screamed at his, his, his soldiers, throw these guys in the fire. So they were driven by Nebuchadnezzar with such force, they ran to throw Hananish from the fire. They got killed by the fire. And Hananish fell into the fire. And then the Bukhadnezzar started walking around and got real was walking with him. So what was the message? The message was, you think that there's a Midas Haddin. That's the claim of an Aish. Aish is the Midas Haddin, right? The Midas Haddin, at the same time as the Midas Haddachman, it's the same thing that's saving them. And it's giving, it's punishing the Umay Sa'ilam and it's saving the Hid. So Gabriel is teaching me not that Shadow Midas Haddin, and then sometimes comes to me the Sarach and then puts out the fire. No, it's all one thing. It's all Abishta is all one. It's the Midas Adin of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the same time the Midas Sarach. Right? The father gives the kid a patch because he's crossing the street. It's not the Midas Adin. It's the father's Midas Sarach that's giving the kid the patch. And the Rebbeinu does that to us in every situation. You have to understand. It's all the Avos of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that's acting. The Yeruchim used to say, "There's a." Kinnah that we say in Yom Kippur, the Betzaytim in Mitzrayim, right? The Eish Tukad Bekirbi, Maloisi Alibi, Betzaytim in Mitzrayim, this is Kino Ira, Laman Askira, Betzaytim in Yerushalayim. In Camp Monk, we used to sing it. It was a very uh, nice, moving niggin. Some could be very heavy, they sing it also, I think. I heard, I heard, I heard, I so Rabbi Rucham says, what's the pshat? That it's not stam, you know, we're comparing the two. It's the same the same Abba with which HaKadosh Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim, he took us out of Yerushalayim. The Mazbet is more, there's, there's a saint in Meir Derech that says, if you think about it, when Kalal Yisrael left Yerushalayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're laying on the morning of Tishabot, you say, you're born of the name, born of the name, Shantem Ba'oretz. So the gematria of the name, Shantem, is 852. And so it says, the name, Shantem Ba'oretz, so you have to be careful because Ovoi Toivetun, you'll be destroyed. So the name, says, the chesed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did a chesed that he destroyed the base of Migdash after 850 years. He was mocked in the Churban two years before Binoy Shantem. The Churban took place 850 years after the Zeus Mitzrayim, not 852. So Hashem, the was mocked in the Churban to avoid the punishment. If you look in Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, the Rebbe took us out of Mitzrayim when we were on the 49th level of Tumah, before the Zman, because otherwise we would have fell into the 50th level. So in both of them, the Rebbe was mocked in the Zman to save Kuala Yisrael. Right? So, B'tseisi 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 the Abba B'kodesh Baruch Hu that to avoid he avoid Tevedim. So, that's what you see that even when you look at a Tevedim, and this is what Moshe Feinstein says, the beginning of the Parsha, it says when you come to Eretz Yisrael, and you'll go to Har Evel, and you'll build a Mizbeach, 
אני רוצה לעשות את זה בסמכת ובחובתוי ובשנוס ובראש. זאת אומרת, ככה, מלמד קצת בגינים. וניסו של המזבח להשם אלוקיך ומזבח אבונים וזובח תשלומם ויאכלת שם ושומחת בפני השם אלוקיך. So, פרקסט ושאלו, if you're going to be the somachto, so build the מזבח on her reason where you gave the brochus. Why are you building the מזבח on her evil where you gave the clothes? The terrorist is to show you that I feel the clothes are not coming from a tat that I want to curse you. He wants to give you broch. He wants to tell you, you're going to keep the Torah. I'm going to give you broch. I want to give you broch. So even the clothes are there to guide you in the right direction. So even there you can build a mezbeach and be besimcha. So you understand it's all from the Rabbi Mishalaylam. It's all like like a father that's miyasa your son. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the Yisoy HaDvarim. And so... They, 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 the beautiful Bachshava that uh, is brought down that in, in, in the, the, that Klolos in Parshas Bukhukhoisai, like there were 49 Klolos. In Parshas Kisava, there's 98, right? Now the Klolos in, in Bukhukhoisai was said by Akadosh Baruch Hu, the Klolos in Bukhukhoisai was said by Moshe Rabbeinu. The Chilak is, at the end of Bukhukhoisai, the, 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 the Psukim of, of, of Muhammad. The end of Kisov is no psukim of Nechon. Why? Because anything in Pasha's Kisov where you have the Shem Yudke Vavke. The name of Hashem appears 26 times in the Teichach. You can count it 26 times Yudke Vavke in the Pasha's the Teichach. Right? And it's called Kosher? What? No, in Pasha's Kisov. You count it 26 times you say Hashem's name in the Teichach. Yudke Vavke. Shem of Rachamim. So they say, Rabois Rois Tzadik. Many are the Rois in the Teichachu B'Tzadik as opposed to the one in Chukhoisai, right? Kulam Yatzilenu Hashem. And from all of them, the Yudke Vovke saves us, right? Now, if you take Yudke Vovke, it's not the 26. It's 26 times it says the Shem Havai. If you multiply 26 by 26, you're going to get 676, right? Mm-hmm. I think they were correct. What? Yeah. <laughs> 676, right? That's the gematria of Rois. So, Rabois Rois Tzadik, this, the Rois of the Tzadik are 676. We call them Yatsilenu Hashem, that's 26 times, Yud Kevavke, which is 26, that 26 is equal to to, to 676. So that's the aside that even though it's Rabbi Shroy's tzaddik, but Kulmi Atzenu Hashem, the 26 Shemus Rabbi, take away that uh, that kefer lukkite. And so um, the idea, uh, just trachting, that if you think about it, we started off, we said Hashem Amarit and Hashem Amircha, and these ideas that brought down to the Boi Shem, the Moran Baruch says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thrilling, right? And more they're talking about what it says in Tzillin, it says based on this Pasuk, Hashem writes in his Tzillin, Mika Amcha Yisrael, Goyechad Ba'oretz. So more there also talks about that, Moshe Rabbeinu asked the Rabbeinu Shem, how do you explain Tzadik Baralei, Rosh Hashem Tzadik Baralei? 
So a Kaddish Baruch Hu showed him the Keshish of Tzilin. So how did the Keshish of Tzilin answer Moshe's Kasha? So Rav Yaakov Hatha told me this word many years ago in Denver. He told me that the Pshad is that the Pleshim was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, you see the Keshish of Tzilin? He says, I can't explain to you why Tzadik Baraloi. You want to know Tzadik Baraloi, Rosh Hashanah, he named Mokim Iti. There's a place next to me. You come upstairs, I can show you. Right? You want to be downstairs, you're not going to understand. But one thing I can show you. You know the tzillin I wear? The tzillin say, Mika Amchi Yisrael Koyechem Oretz. When you yidden wear tzillin, you space out. You forget Hashem, okay, no Hashem Echel. When I wear my tzillin, you see the kesher is always makusha to me. I never forget my love for Klai Yisrael never fades. So you might not understand why things happen, but you have to know the love is always there. The love, the Tzillin Shalvashim, the to me, whatever that means, but the Kesher is always there. I'm always Makusha to my Avot to Klai Yisrael. That's the Yisraeli Dvara. So I'm going to show one final Maisel Ashkocha Prat. This is the Gishmaka story. It was a Hasidish family. And they were going to, the Rebbe was having a Sheva process that Shabbos for an Enochal, so he invited the Hasidim. So, and the father's going with three of his kids, and, you know, the father and one of the kids were not in a very good mood because they were handling a Shidduch, and the family that they wanted the Shidduch with had not yet given them a yes, and it's been two weeks and they're waiting. So they went to the Sheva Brachas, but a little bit, you know, uh, you know, when, you, when you're waiting for an answer, it's very, very difficult, you know, to go. And so, um, but they come, and uh, they're looking for a parking space. They get there, all the cars in the parking lot are full. They're driving around the block. Suddenly they notice right in front of the building there's an empty space, so they pull up and they park the car. And they go in, and uh, okay, so they, you know, they forget that Soros, they're sitting there celebrating by the Tish Friday night, it's Mamish Kavali, the, the Rebbe, and the next day, they come out the Shabbos morning, and they, they notice their car, there's like a, a, a garbage dump on top of their car. I don't know what happened, someone, a dumpster was emptied on top of their car, but their car is buried in a mountain of garbage. Okay. What? Say Brooklyn. So it was Brooklyn, probably, but I'll call upon him. So Moitzah Shabbos, they come out, and uh, it was not very comfortable, but they start removing the garbage. And it took a while, and it smelled pretty bad, but you got to do what you got to do. And finally, they got rid of all the garbage. The father took the car, they drove a few blocks away, parked it again. They came back to the Malafa Malka, and then they went home. They come home, and they see that the mother is very excited. So the mother tells them after they, they put the kids to sleep, and then the mother says to the boy and the son, we just got a yes from the Vishpach. Okay, very good. So they go out. So by Hasidim, you go out twice. Right? And that by Hasidus, they went out twice, and they got engaged. After the, by the wedding, after the wedding, they found out why did they say yes. Because... The reason why they hesitated because they were under the impression this was a very stiff family and they were like a, you know, they were much more Hamish, much more, you know, easygoing. And this family, they were very, you know, much more rigid. So they were reluctant. But then he says, I came out and I see you cleaning off somebody's car, all the garbage. I said to myself, if as our family, that somebody else's car is covered with garbage and they're cleaning off all the garbage, 
So that they must be Gishmaka people. They, they care for someone that's such a sensitivity, such an empathy for somebody else, and so good natured about it. Oh, that's the shit of right? Little did they know that it was their own car. As they had the Avis to the fear, they said, Part the you see, the Shaduchim always work with Hashkosal Protis. And so this what you have to know. Bikamcha Yisrael, Vayachal Bo'orat, the Boinchem is Echot. And this week's parsha, with all the techach and all that, the bottom line is to learn that the Shem Shir is the way you ask.